once again to another episode of the Horizon Roundtable. I am Bob McDonald, and you can find me on Twitter at Bob McDonald. And joining me, of course, is my co-host, Matt Dudek. Hey there, everybody. Matt, of course, you can find at on Twitter at Horizon Matt. You can find us on Twitter as well at Horizon RT. You can find us on Facebook as well at Horizon Roundtable. And you can find us on our website at HorizonRoundtable.com. And be sure to subscribe to us wherever podcasts are available. And Matt, we are inching ever so closer to the beginning of the season. At least I think we are. Maybe. I, maybe at we are. Least, it's hard to tell. I, it seems like I, it. but So, uh. so obviously... Um, we made our picks, but we wanted to get we wanted to get Horizon Boy on because you know he's our guy um, about you know about the guy who who kind of has dedicated himself to what the what this league is looking like. So Horizon Boy, thank you once again for joining us. I am ecstatic about returning. Thank you very much for having me on. And let's so, be real. If, if anyone's really listening to our podcast that's not necessarily a big Horizon League fan, Horizon Boy is your dude because a lot of people like to bet on Horizon League basketball because a lot of times the lines are a little weird and we've got an expert in-house. So this is this is your chance to win money if you're not you know necessarily a Horizon League fan even. Wow, it's too bad He's I a dude. I know. Yeah, it's too bad I didn't throw up. Uh, too bad I don't have any like you know one of those. Uh, I'm still working on the FanDuel sponsorship, so this is this is my fault. Should have okay. should have got should have done that earlier. Anyway, but anyway, um, before we get started, obviously, um, Horizon Boy, why don't you you know tell anybody a little bit about it? Give give us a little bit of background. Obviously, we had you on before the Horizon League tournament last season, but I want to get everybody up to speed on who you are and what you're all about and how you came about to. Um, take a specific interest in the Horizon League? That's a great question. Well, I'll tell you, I think my goal with Horizon Boy, this it's basically a project, a character, um, is to bridge the gambling aspect of uh, a single conference with uh, each team's fan base. So I hope to be a presence on the internet um, to provide a neutral perspective on whether an outsider thinks that your team is going to cover the spread that day, kind of be a neutral mediator in the horizon and in that conversation. So I love to be a piece of that conversation, but also I would say it's a project to investigate how to, to gamble. And, and I think I chose the horizon league because they, it's a very interesting organized league in the way that they format their schedule now, this year, obviously, we have some uh, caveats that are being thrown in there with the different scheduling concerns, and I'm sure we're going to have cancellation after cancellation at different points. Hopefully not. Fingers crossed. But with their standard 18-game schedule where you play every team two times, we'll see how that changes with the addition of IPFW and Robert Morris. But it, it will be interesting to see how those teams react. And uh, Horizon Boy is basically just trying to – specify on a, on a special conference and, and really nail down the, the 12 teams in the league now. And Horizon, I have to ask, hope, hopefully this is a good question. Uh, how did you do last year? Did you, did you keep a total run or a total track of, of your record last year? And I mean, tell, tell us about your expertise as far as last year on, on the Horizon League. I've had success. Um, let's see, in 20... So this will be my fifth year capping the Horizon League. And last year... In conference, I was 50, 41, and 2. I'm notoriously awful at uh, the conference tournament. So I think I was I was 
in the teens in terms of being over 500 for a while. And then it seems like every year I, I fall apart in the conference tournament. Something about Motor City Madness or Indianapolis just spins you, my brain around. You fall apart in the tournament. What are you, Oakland? Ugh, no. <laughs> um, yeah, pretty much. It's It's been brutal the last couple of years. I can't remember a tournament that I finished over 500. But I've never had a full in-conference season where I finished under 500 picking the games. Nice. So basically, we just need to listen to you up until the tournament, and then you know. Yeah. Okay, got it. Noted. Great. The contrary, the contrary would say, "Hey, I'm due this year." Ooh. Oh, so there you go. There you go. Um, and by the way, I before before we go any further, obviously, um, we we keep referring to this gentleman as Horizon Boy. Obviously, we you know, normally we're normally we're a real names only kind of podcast, but I we're we're just kind of we've we've kind of draw, been drawn towards this horizon boy mystique that you know we're we're gonna let the we're gonna let the real name sink slide this you know on this one um, i think we should have voice disguised him like i think that would have just yeah <laughs> but we'll see here's the thing i mean we would however i don't know if anybody i i'll be honest with you i don't know i don't think it would have mattered i'm not gonna lie <laughs> i i appreciate your flexibility but i think that goes to exactly horizon boy is just he's a fan of a fan of all and a fan of none you know sometimes i'll be with your team sometimes i won't um so i try to you know have that neutral perspective out there um you know it's interesting by the way because you it's it's also now i know obviously you have a specific focus when you're you know when you're looking at um in your interest of the horizon league but you're actually not and i know we've talked about this a couple of times because we do have like fans of the conference as a whole horizon league horizon boy is one of them um todd buckingham who by the way is hosting uh who's hosting his own podcast now the uh reaching the summit podcast uh talking about the summit league so he's uh he he, he's he's a fan of both leagues um james squire also is another uh another fan of the horizon league uh all of the horizon league a fan of none so and by the way if this sounds like i'm foreshadowing something Watch the uh, watch the Horizon Round ta- Horizon Roundtable po- uh, podcast Twitter account. Probably at the beginning of the year, you'll figure out what it is. Um, but I actually and and again, I, I should point out too, uh, not just the Horizon, not just the Horizon League games. I might add, if we remember, if if you all recall correctly, uh, we had Horizon Boy handicap the the. 2020 Jimmy Lemke fan battle royale. You guys saw that, correct? I hope so. Which yes. Um, and by the way, I'd like to point out the fact that if you are, if you, I know we're probably about oh what <laughs> six months away from that. Um, keep that in mind. If you are part, you're going to be joining the fan battle royale. Know that Horizon Boy is going to be paying attention to you intently, and he will handicap accordingly. At least I think you will. <laughs> That's absolutely correct. Yes. I'm always so, looking yeah. out. Indeed, indeed. So yes, just so you know that that that's come that, that you know now that now that we've kind of baked that into the fan battle royale cake, um, yeah. But it, and it's la- there. To, it's there to stay. And lastly, what I'll say about you know the purpose of Horizon Boy and how it came about, uh, I do believe that gambling and the attention that it garners is an enormous asset for mid-major conferences. Mm -hmm. And I hope to create engagement for the Horizon League by capping it and by putting things out there because you're getting people watching these games. 
And we know this has been a league that has struggled putting people in the seats um, at times uh, with different fan bases that may or may not be IUPUI or others. Um, But I think that if you if you normalize gambling in in a fun and recreational way, it can really help out these programs and really give these players the attention that they deserve at this level. Uh, by the way, I'm glad you brought the recreational part up to this. If you're following Horizon Boy, remember that his picks are for her, uh, recreational purposes only. That is correct. That's my disclaimer. Yes. There you go. Uh, there I, you go. You know, <laughs> expert, but, uh, you know, over the podcast, I'm going to throw some uh, finger quotation marks. Um, nice. Obviously, okay. um, it's for fun. It's yeah. for, you know, it's its goal is to create. Uh, a conversation and attention about the league. Yeah. money and then have him like gamble it for us and see if we could pay uh, our way to Indianapolis. All right. So this requires some explanation. So last season, Jim Saro um, brought this up on Twitter about taking up a collection of Horizon League fans and then betting the games on based upon uh, betting the games to the point where. If we've got enough, if the if the fan base that fan collection was, if they won enough, if that that pot was big enough, that would pay for a some sort of fan gathering in Indianapolis. Now, naturally, considering the question marks going going around of whether we're even going to have any fans in Indianapolis in. March remains to be seen, but I know Jim had gotten that conversation going, and I guess that would be, um, I don't know, I don't, I'll, I'll be honest with you, I'm kind of out of, I'm out of the loop on it, because I wasn't really going this to This seems that. like a bad idea for this year. Oh, it's a terrible idea this for year. This year. Said, I like, I like dot, 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 this year. <laughs> dot, 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 this year, but yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm not really, I'll be, you know, I'll be perfectly blunt, this is, this is not my area. But uh, but I but you know I mean we 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 collectively see the interest in it. We also see the expansion of it in all of the Horizon League states. Now keep in mind, of course, you know because sports gambling itself has expanded throughout the Horizon League, specifically the online aspect of it. You know because there are there are apps everywhere. Um, I think the only uh, Ohio still hasn't gotten on board with sports betting because you know they're terminally stupid in that state. Um, uh, Pennsylvania has already been on board. Uh, Michigan has already been on board, but they have just, uh, I do believe they have not gone online yet. Um, Indiana is definitely on board. Um, Illinois is on board and Horizon Boy, you pointed out something very unique about their, their kind of platform that would be of some interest to the Horizon League. Yes. Uh, if you're a UIC better, uh, and fan, uh, Listen carefully. If you're in Illinois, uh, online gambling is legal, but there's a unique uh, caveat for uh, not being allowed to bet on college teams within the state. So that applies to the Fighting Illini, that applies to Northwestern and UIC. You cannot bet on a college team in Illinois. So if you want to bet Wright State Oakland, you're good to go. But if it's uh, Milwaukee, UIC, you're going to have to take the trip over to Indiana. And it's not a far, as, as I can tell that, you know, East Chicago ain't that far away from, uh, from UIC. So enjoy. <laughs> um, 
and I don't, I'm not really, I'm not 100% clear on Kentucky or Wisconsin either. I don't think either of them do as yet. Um, who knows? But yeah, but you know, the, the expansion has been there ever since, you know, the, ever since, you know, it's been for a few years, ever since the, the, the rules changed regarding sports betting. And so there, there's a little bit, there's significantly more engagement, um, nationwide and, you know, in particular, there's been an interest within, you know, fans of the horizon league. Um, I'll, I'll be honest with you. Like I said, I haven't I haven't caught the fever. So, um, but I'm but I obviously don't discourage. I in fact, obviously, I we encourage this. You know, have fun whatever way you want in terms of this type of thing. Um, so I guess I so let's get down to what we are. You know, why we brought you on Horizon Boy. But before we talk about the teams themselves, we want to ask the the very honest question of the over-under on how many games are actually going to get canceled this year. <laughs> um, because, yeah, so so what has happened, I'm sure you have all read the news of whole teams that are having to shut down their programs for the for the two week uh, for, for the two two week protocols for for COVID positive testing things like that. And little no, plug, n- if you haven't no. read about it, we have we put out an article based on the Oakland women on this. But uh, there's an article talking about what that looks like for a team. Little plug. In, indeed, indeed, yeah. So, so the and I, I'm glad you brought up Oakland because Oakland is currently in this in this court in this protocol because both Greg Campy and the women's coach Jeff Tungett were tested positive for COVID. But from what it sounds like, they're going to be as near as I can understand. It looks like they are planning to get out of get out of protocol just soon enough that they can start the season on the twenty fifth. Apparently, but that does bring up a question, but that brings up a question. Okay. So Oakland's got the, uh, so Oakland has a problem with the Oakland has had a problem with this. Um, whole conferences in the, in the, in, in college basketball are having some serious conferences. The the Mac, the double a, not the single a, the mock, the mock, the mock. They have seven teams that are currently, they're currently shut down right now. Seven teams out of their conference. That's insane. Um, but it does bring up a plausible question where you have an issue of, okay, where are we going to be at in terms of the horizon league and how this is going to affect, uh, games, how this is going to affect cancellations, things like that. And I, I would say, I think the, the horizon league is taking a really good approach with their scheduling plan. Uh-huh. It seems to me like the the best way to mitigate that would be to reduce travel as much as possible mm-hmm. um, and bunch together the games. So that's kind of like how how they're setting it up with the with the weekend back to back games against a team mm-hmm. at the same site. Uh, seems like hey, you know, obviously nobody knows exactly how this is all going to go down, but I uh-huh. really like the plan that the league has in place. Now, one of the things I've also noticed as well, we are now finally getting some trickling of some non-conference schedules in, finally. Um, the one thing that I did notice, because I did, because UIC in particular posted their their schedule, 
And they put it, they only had four non-conference games. And it looks like they did that pretty strategically where the last game that they have is uh, their last non-conference game is on, on December 5th, which is two weeks before the start of the, the conference season. I think they might, it seems like they did that intentionally just because of this contingency, not to mention the fact that um, Chicago the the Chicago area, specifically the city of Chicago, as of right now, is probably putting together the most restrictive advisories related to COVID. No, you know that they can at this point. They they've had as of right now, as of this recording, we're recording on Sunday. They are as of Monday, um, they've implemented a stay at home advisory. Um, you've been tra- you know at certain points they've travel banned. They've banned travel to and from certain states. Ironically, Indiana is one of them. Um, so it seems to me that at, at least with UIC, I know, and I know we've had some kind of internal discussions about, you know, how are they going to make things work? But it seems like as far as their planning is concerned, it's very cautious, it's very deliberate. Yeah, I, it's and it's a tough dilemma for those uh, programs with needing buy games in November and early December to run the program. Um, how much are you going to not sell out, but um, open yourself to those buy games versus making sure that you are safe and ready to go for conference play? Meanwhile, I'm glad you brought that up. Meanwhile, Oakland has clearly thrown caution to the wind and they got all their buy games this year. We thought for sure that they were not going to play Oklahoma State. Michigan was shaky. Michigan State, we were still working on. And Xavier was the only one we knew for sure because they were going to turn that into an MTE. Turns out they're playing all four of them this year. The Michigan State game is a go? It is a go. Michigan State's a go. Um, but the only one that they lost, um, I think that they had been originally talked about, uh, was Ohio State. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry, just the Ohio State one. But still. Still, four out of five. I yeah. mean, I, I've made so many jokes about them challenging for the Big Ten you know, tournament or Big Ten title this year. Like That's, that's a lot of... That's a lot of non-conference games, especially in 2020, and not a lot of time. I mean, the, those first couple games are all within four days of each other. I think I mean, those are the now those are the ones with the because those are the part of the the Xavier MTE, correct? Yeah, so they've got the the MTE those first uh, three days, 25th, 26th, and 27th of mm-hmm. things um, of November, and then yes. two days later they're at Michigan. I mean, 48 hours later after finishing in their MTA MTE, they're playing at Michigan. Okay, and then just a couple days after that, they're at Purdue. Like, this team is traveling a lot, and I don't particularly care for that myself, but you know what? If they feel they can do it safely and all that, cool, but they're one of those teams where, you know, they're up and down the, you know, moving around a bit, and if if they're carrying it, they're going to be a problem for the entire country and conference and all of that. And I totally forgot about Purdue, too, that they must have, they must have brought on Purdue to replace Ohio State this year. That's insane. Mm -hmm. Well, and there might have been some issues getting into Ohio because Ohio's got things kind of locked down in a way that, you know, a little different. So This is the part where I remind you uh, Xavier is in Cincinnati. Oh, yeah. Well, well, I mean, the joke, the running joke in Ohio is Cincinnati's practically Kentucky, so there you go. Oh, right. No, I knew that, though. <laughs> I mean, maybe, I don't know. I don't know, man. Who knows anymore? So yeah, no, I think Ohio State is a little different than what's going on what's going on in the rest of the state, and you know, so, um, so when you look, so when you look at those things, and, and that 
you know, it's I guess the, on the one hand, it's good they were able to fill out a schedule very, very t- probably one of the if you look at that schedule, Oakland's probably got the toughest one of the toughest get non-conference schedules in the country. And, and I'm not just saying that just because and not just this year, that would be a tough schedule any year. Absolutely. We haven't even I see they're playing Bradley, the uh, coming off, uh, you know, their uh, tournament bid that never was. Uh, out of the Missouri Valley, so that'll be a good contest as well. Yeah, it's a, a reunion with former Green Bay coach Brian Wardle. Uh, um, <laughs> what I f- yeah, for, um, and by the way, I believe now. Correct me if I'm wrong, Matt. They are playing Toledo in that that uh, Xavier MTE, correct? Yep. So it's Xavier, Toledo, Bradley, and Oakland is that MTE playing against another former Green Bay head coach, Todd Kowalczyk. <laughs> So yeah, they're, they're, they're yes. So um, so Oakland is going on the former Green Bay head coach uh, tour. There um, is Link Darner an assistant at uh, Xavier. That's how they're missing. <laughs> I don't know. Now, I, were were we of the opinion that Link Darner was eventually going to become the head coach of IUPUI at some point? <laughs> there there but yeah. There there's something you might want to start handicapping there, Horizon Boy. The, uh, the, I'm the, of the, the opinion the, that the possibility, the probability of Link Darner becoming the head coach of IUPUI after this year. Or how about the possibility of Byron Rim being the interim, having the interim tag for over a decade? <laughs> over under on Byron Rim uh, with the interim tag four years. Yeah. Like. There you go. Those are the two weird offseason. I have no answers in terms of what what all went down with Link Darter or what IUPUI was possibly doing. Although the fact that they were able to keep Minette and Burke, that I guess it's water under the bridge. But that yeah. is interesting, and that's that's still the amazing part of this whole thing is that we thought for sure, we totally thought for sure that because IUPUI took so long in trying to figure out what they were going to do head coaching wise, that there was going to be a because they have a, they had at least five or six players that could have just easily grad transferred. And Jalen Minette also could have transferred as well. And given the way that things have been going with the transfer waiver, he could have easily gotten one too. So you're looking at six players that that's nearly half that's over half the team that could have easily transferred out. And the only one that did is Grant Weatherford. Um, I don't know what it, we'll, we'll get a little bit into their chances later. But I just think that's the most amazing thing that they they not only retained Byron Rim, but they also kept most of their players. I really thought the bottom was going to fall out, but yeah, no, that's amazing. But and, but yeah. I guess if we could back to back to Oakland and, and their challenging schedule, I think uh-huh. that's going to present a really interesting angle as we begin conference play. Is these teams are going to have vastly different playing experiences when we start conference play. That's true. And that's bad for betters because I don't know what's going to (laughs) happen. Well, your other, your other concern is that you also now have a situation where we are less than, we are less than two weeks away from the start of the season and nine out of nine out of 12 teams. We have absolutely no idea who they're playing in the non-conference. I mean, we know who Robert Morris is playing. We know who UIC is playing. We know who Oakland is playing. Everybody else is a crapshoot. That must drive you insane right now. It, you know, uncertainty is a bad thing, and there's plenty of it right now. 
I have to say you are correct. Yeah. And yeah, so th this is, so I'm, I'm guessing the handicapping has been kind of an interesting proposal for you this year. <laughs> I, I think that will be a, a real challenge in say the first four games, because we won't have seen a lot of these teams in similar lights. In a regular year, do you prefer to do in league or these non-conference games against teams that where you really have no idea? Like, wh how do you feel about that? That's a great question. Um, I've tried picking outside, and I, I have notably done worse picking Horizon League teams out of conference because you know what? Sometimes I think, hey, I know Oakland has an edge here, but I don't know the Delaware Blue Hens, for example, and. Then that's the more uncertainty. So I, I think it works better when I keep it in the control of the Horizon League. Yeah. In so that, and so uh, it, it, because of that, and because we are going to see wildly varying non-conference schedules of varying sizes, because you're obviously you're going to have not just a an Oakland that has kind of a pretty conventional sized non-conference schedule but you're also going to have a uic where they're only playing four teams and one of them is non-d1 the focus more than ever this season is going to be on it sounds like it's going to be on the conference scheduling and so when you look at just the conference only scene as as of right now i mean what are you taking into consideration for December starting December 19th on which December 19th is the start of the conference schedule well I'm looking at across the horizon there's so much talent every team has kind of a baller in a way mm -hmm. um, but I think the depth is going to be super important this year and that's something that almost every team lacks um, because you're going to be playing on back-to-back -back days because you're going to be their fatigue is absolutely going to be a factor. Or if one of your players goes down with an injury or, you know, the virus, which teams are going to be able to weather that storm? Um, and I think that's a problem that pretty much every team is vulnerable to. You, you know, you set me up for the next thing, the next question, right? Because you, you know, when you talk about depth, you know where I'm going with this, right? Cleveland State. Cleveland State. <laughs> No, I'll get the good state, but I know, but um, but let's start at the top, obviously, with with right state taking that in because it's obviously first of all, are you picking? Uh, is that is that your preseason? Or is is right state your preseason pick for for the Horizon League to to become to be the Horizon League champs this year? Yes, and I, and I wish it was closer, but uh, I think uh, right state is is certainly my favorite to win the okay. conference. And, you know, they, they obviously have a lot of assets with them coming back. Loud and Love, which is who is almost universally uh, picked to repeat as player of the year, is, is back. Um, but you also have, I mean, my, I guess my only question would be the concern of how, what, you know, how do you replace a Cole Gentry? How do you replace a Billy Wampler? Um, I think I know the answer to that question because they've got guys left and right that can do that. I mean, they have, um, you know, Tanner Holden had an outstanding freshman year last year. Um, Jalen Hall stepped up. You know, Mike Basile stepped up when Loudon Love was hurt. So um, you talk about the depth. I mean, you got a guy, you got a guy like, uh, you got a, I'm sorry, not Grant Basile. You have a guy like Basile who, 
what is an effect it did you know isn't it was a very effective backup for for loud and love when he was out so i guess the question that i would have is when you see something like that does that also does that kind of factor into your question exact actually about depth yeah no i think right state is a great example of that and i think it took horizon league teams almost three years to figure out how to double up and stop love last year there were some games where he really got shut down i remember uic really putting the clamps on him um so it's interesting to see different uh team schemes. i keep saying him. uic is the uh, especially uh especially jordan blunt uh loud loves kryptonite good thing he yeah. graduated yeah. Although they have Braylon Bridges, they still have Braylon Bridges though, and Braylon Bridges is gonna have, be good this year. But but you know, hey, nothing against uh, Jordan Blount, but I, I almost think it was you know a real design of how yeah. how to how to double him up and how to stop him and how to frustrate him because he's a player that you know if you can get him uh, frustrated can sometimes uh, have a tough game here or there. But um, I think that Wright State still has those talent on the wings, like you said, Tanner Holden. He's the kind of guy who's who's just love is going to make great. And and when teams double him up, he's going to be open and he's going to make those shots. Mm-hmm. But if love goes down, they're suddenly not the favorite. OK, you don't think that you don't think that Basile will pick up the slack again this year like he did last year. Uh, he could. I, I'm not I'm not saying he wouldn't. But I, I think that Wright State is a perfect example of uh of a team that is vulnerable to losing a guy or two or is vulnerable to fatigue. Sure, sure. Now, a lot of people. Uh, now, a lot, a lot of preseason prognosticators have Youngstown State slotted second. Is that is or is that somewhere you have them picked second as well? I've got them in the three hole, and I, I do have. Really? A, I, I've got a penguin soft spot. Uh, Darius Quisenberry. Oh, I, I know one you of did. The, Believe me, you are you are universally loved among Penguin fans. I, I, <laughs> I, I yeah. So they're going to be very disappointed you got them picked third. <laughs> I think I've got Robert Morris. I've got Robert Morris in the two hole. We can talk about that subsequently, but sure, sure. Um, I can. Darius Quisenberry, you could put him out there thirty days in a row, and he would just go. I mean, yeah. he, is a, he is a motor. Absolutely, uh, leaves it all on the court. And uh, he'll be fun to watch. I, I, that's another team though. I worry about the depth. I mean, you've got Nasbohan and you've got um, Quisenberry, but. If those guys, you know, have, you know, a lagging injury or something like that, who's going to kind of fill the shoes? I'm not totally sure. Sure. So, so Robert Morris is an interesting pick for you at second. I can, I can see the logic behind them though. I can see the logic for picking them second. And, and, and I don't know a ton about them. I'll, I'll be honest. So it's, it's, it's a risky pick. Um, they're not returning a ton of points from last year. I mean, these are guys that I haven't, you know, been watching twice a week. So I'm, I'm not positive, but I think that they're coming from a strong conference, and I think we'll, we'll kind of use that outsider yeah. um, ability to find ways to score and make it work. I think they also benefit from the fact that they might, and to your point, they did lose some scoring from last year, where they won, the, where they won the, the, they are the defending NEC champions. But they also bring back two really good players in Dante Tracy and AJ Brava, which are you know they're they're they were the you know Tracy you know those are the two gonna be kind of the two core guys. I mean to the point where even then the preseason poll, the official preseason poll, they were they were both picked uh, you know they were both picked in the as as second team all all Horizon League players. Yeah. 
And, and I think, you know, to, to adopt the, the Porter Moser Loyola mentality, you know, winners are winners. Um, you know, yeah. when he recruits, he looks for, you know, not even the most talented guys, but guys that have won in the past. And I think if you take a team that's coming off of a conference title, mm-hmm. they're going to be motivated. They, they've, sure. Things are going well if you're winning conferences, whether it's the Eddie's CD or the, you know, whatever. Yeah. You bring up Porter Moser, and I think to myself, where was that Porter Moser when Loyola was in the Horizon League? <laughs> Because this Porter Mosier is a new Porter Mosier. I don't. I've never met this guy. <laughs> um, yeah, I so, think he was recruiting back then, but it, it didn't yeah. quite pan out. Yeah, I know. And then you know he flipped the switch when they they flipped the switch when they entered the valley, and now they're really good. And I'm actually very depressed about that. I mean, I'm depressed <laughs> only because we don't have them in our league anymore. Um, as far as the middle of the pack, I mean, we I, and we've never made it a secret that we are really kind of, as we've done year after year, has been kind of in the dark as far as who exactly is going to be putting up the middle. I guess I, before we get into the middle, I, I guess I got to ask, who do you think is going to finish at the bottom? Okay, uh, I've got uh, Purdue Fort Worth at the bottom. Okay, Fort um, Wayne. I, I really. Sorry, Fort Wayne, not Fort Worth. We're not talking Texas. We're talking Fort Wayne. We are not. Yeah. Okay. No, the math is not. I'm getting to know them. And, and uh, you know, while I'm uh, – maybe it's it's cruel to put them in last. But um, I don't think UI, IUPUI is going to finish last. I actually have them uh, towards the middle. My really? man, there's someone else on my side. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, can under, I can see where that – you know, I and I – no, I myself – do not did not do not expect uh, I did myself picked IUPUI at the bottom and my question has been and continues to be the same one I had last year with them which is they have all of this talent but their rotation is so short and especially this year you bring up depth being an issue I I don't I don't know if you IUPUI has really addressed the depth gap hundred percent. I completely agree that they are susceptible to that, but I think that talent will give them some wins. I, I don't think they're going to win. You know, I, I think that combo of Jalen Manette and Burke are going to get them wins in this conference. Uh, I guess my other question would be, does Mike, because Mike DePersia is probably going to be the point guard replacing Grant Weatherford. Does he, is he a viable replacement? He is absolutely a viable replacement, and the okay. reason – sorry, I don't want to rag on what much, but I don't think they're visiting too Seems much. Seems like somebody did in their video last week. <laughs> no, um, yeah, Weatherford, Weatherford uh, frustrates go, me. Go to the Horizon League's Twitter account. You'll know what – click on the IUPUI videos. You'll know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, but um, – I mean, but IUPUI, as well as Milwaukee, is another one of those teams. Like, okay, yeah. Tejan Lucas rules. He goes out there. He's kind of like Quisenberry in terms of, like, he could play 30 days in a row. He's an absolute baller. But who else? I, I'm not so sure. So yeah. I've, got, I've got them near the bottom. And then Detroit Mercy, who has been, has been in that model for a couple of years of the uh, the Antoine Davis show. Who else? Yes. <laughs> um. So, yeah, that, make, that makes sense. Um. And and to your point, Purdue Fort Wayne has also this problem because they got Jared Godfrey, but who else? 
Because that's right. the one I'm. That's the guy I'm thinking of as kind of that you know. Because we actually, because I did the I did the Pertubivore Wayne uh, preview for RiseOnTheRoundTable.com, and Jared Goffrey is their returning starter, is their returning leading scorer. So I, they they have a quite a few moving parts that they're going to have to address before uh, they get to the. We figure out specifically who how what they're going to be all about. So you know, so you have so. So where do you uh, now? You said you had IUPUI kind of the middle of the pack. Where do you have them slotted exactly? And we can talk I, about the rest of the league. I I had them. Uh, I would say nine or ten. I, I around Detroit nine yeah. or ten. I could I could interchange either of those two. I I just think those are two scrappy teams that are gonna, you know, find themselves into some wins, but aren't really deep enough to make. Uh, sure. uh, a true run at this conference. What exactly is it about? And I know we've, I know we've had a conversation about this with Milwaukee so many times. What is it about Milwaukee that, you know, the last two seasons in a row, they've had promising starts to the horizon league during at the start of the horizon league schedule. And then somewhere in the, somewhere along the lines, the bottom just falls out about them. What is it about that of them that they do that? I just, I don't, I've been trying to figure it out. I know Matt's been trying to figure it out. Do you have any possible, possible answers? Cause that one's befuddling. I don't have any possible answers. They they were the worst Horizon League team against the spread in the conference last year at, at mm-hmm. six, ten, and one. And I think you're right. I think they they, if I'm not mistaken, I, I think I, I had a, a big spreadsheet with all this stuff because I like building the models. But I think they did not cover the last four or five games. Like you're saying, wow. they really kind of fell apart. Um, and I think that's probably has to do with them being lopsided. And being, you know, a, a little bit of a one-man show with Tejan Lucas, but I, I can't really explain it. I don't think anyone really could. Um, Who was the best against the spread? Uh, the best against the spread last year. Oh, you're going to be happy to hear this, uh, Cleveland State. Well, all right. Cleveland State was twelve and six, but Green Bay was a point behind them uh, at. 11, 6, and 1. So they had a push in there. But uh, those Interesting. Well, I mean, them. yeah. So, so yeah, I'm not, I guess I'm not surprised, but also, you know, not looking in hindsight, I'm not surprised. Obviously, during the season, they shocked the hell out of all of us. Um, or you had a team that, you know, nobody expected to do anything. And, you know, as you mentioned, they did, they did exceedingly well. So as far as Cleveland State is concerned, what do you expect from them this year? Now, I think Cleveland State is almost the exception to that um, depth issue that so many other Horizon League teams face. I yes. think Al Eichelberger is going to step up this year, and I think I think even more than last year. That's saying something. And hey, I'm not just sucking up to you here because I know you know, <laughs> Vikings fans in the house. But I feel like we saw the roots coming together last year. We saw what Gates was doing. We saw okay, there's some there's some oomph in this team. And I think that really plays out with them bringing back so many points. Um, I think they're going to be an annoying team for a lot of, of others. But not me, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, they, yeah. And, and to your point, and I think the biggest frustration with them last year is that they had def- – obviously the defense was outstanding. The offense was just insanely erratic. Seems like they fixed that this year. 
Yeah, and I, a guy like Trago Million, I I could see him. You know, last year he was uh, in a way uh, like a poor man's Quisenberry, um, but he he's a spark plug. I mean, the guy. Oh yeah. Uh, on both ends of the floor, he he puts in an unbelievable defensive effort every time yeah. I see him. I'm, I'm shocked at at the. He never gives up on a play. Nope. Nope. Now, to your point, you brought up Green Bay. Now, Green Bay obviously has the wrinkle of a new head coach with uh, Will Ryan. How is that going to affect how they operate? Um, even though they do have, you know, they obviously have, they still have Mari Davis coming back. Right. And that's another guy that I really was worried that that situation was going to lead to him bouncing. But fortunately, he didn't because I just love watching him and having that kind of talent in this league. Uh, um, do you, by the way, um, do you have do you have any do you have any side uh, do you have any side odds of uh, how many three pointers he's going to shoot? I believe last year he had none. Um, <laughs> I will see. I don't uh, uh I could see it. I could see it becoming part of his game, but it seemed like they almost did times, and this was the right thing for them to do, which is, you know, hey, put four wide and put him on the ball and just make points. You do. By the way, you do realize at some point in time we're we're gonna start we're gonna start uh, compelling you to uh, you know start delving into some of these prop bets. Yes, I oh, love prop bets. We can definitely we can definitely get that going on the Twitter sphere. I'm surprised Sarah hasn't done it to you already. But if you guys have like little specific questions, I would love to just like. Because I, I just like di- diving into the stats and coming up with some weird metric or something. So so weird, unique things I'm happy to cap. Challenge accepted, Horizon League fans. Challenge accepted. <laughs> so, yeah, that's it. So, um, all right. So the other thing, too, and I, I'm sure we missed somebody. Um, as far as Oakland is concerned, do you think that the do you think that the the that non-conference schedule they put together is going to affect them moving for, in into the conference schedule, or is it going to be, or or maybe they're just trying to get all battle tested before they get into this whole thing? Uh, to be honest, I I I don't know if it will really help or hurt them. I think it's great for the program. I mean, Campy does such a great job of of putting the team out there and getting exposure. I'm not so sure if it'll have an effect I, I i mean oh they're gonna get they're, exposed all right they're gonna get exposed for sure i mean oh. i don't know but they've done that in the past um i don't think I that's think what he was referring to team. but i don't know that i'm i'm sure that that you have your i've seen some of your personal frustrations online and i kind of agree with them um i'm not totally sure how that team's all going to come together of old apple and I mean, yeah. the, the good but, thing is that's kind of why they he's able to get this together so that he can figure his team out before the conference, and maybe that'll be an advantage for them getting into conference. But yeah, and, and no no coach on the horizon is a better talent scout than Campy. I mean, I think he a lot of times in the past has found guys on his own rosters that maybe weren't expected to have big roles sure. that he just kind of battle tests them, and then they just come out of nowhere. Sure, um, sure. So so to that point, I think that getting beat by 30 by Purdue might actually help him in that regard. Do you know how ugly that Purdue game is going to be? Like just the style of Purdue versus Oakland trying to get back to their old style run and gun. It's going to, Oh, Oh boy. Uh, That sounds bad. Um, the one team, here's the one team I have a little, a few questions on. It's Northern Kentucky. Um, this is going to be obviously the first year where, 
you know, this is this is uh, Darren Horn's second year. He's he's lost a few. He's definitely he's lost a few key components in both Jalen Tate and Dantes Walton. Um, How does he compensate for that? I mean, of all the returning Horizon League teams, I I feel like I'm the least confident in both the two teams that we haven't talked about yet, uh, Northern Kentucky and UIC. Yeah. Um, I'm not totally sure how it's all going to go down. I could see them being in that one or two spot with Wright State like they've been in the past. I could also see them having that, you know, sixth or seventh in the conference kind of year. I, I. I could see them going either direction. Sure. And then and UIC, of course, then you have the extra added wrinkles of a, you also now have a, you, you also have a new head coach in Luke Yaklich and you are working with a completely new backcourt. Although I should point out and say it's a backcourt that is, that has, that is kind of battle tested in other places in college basketball and I'm still trying to work through how they got all those <laughs> transfer waivers. Right. It's quite curious, isn't it? But uh, that, yeah, that you know, Rayquandus Mitchell, that'll be interesting to see. Um, sure. I mean, they have that, they have the, the hot recruits. I mean, they yeah. did the best in the offseason. Now we'll, I guess one of my questions to you guys would be like, have we, will we see another Amari Davis in the conference this year? And if uh, so, who could it be? Um, I've, as in, uh, wow, good question. Breakout um, freshman. Breakout freshman. Um, good question. Um, obviously, I would put my money on Alec Oglesby from Cleveland State, only because he had about a semester head start on everybody else. Um, other than that, good question. <laughs> um, I think for sure that. Uh, well, at least this, I guess the good news for this year is that at least we have like a gaggle of freshmen that we can kind of look at as opposed to last year where we couldn't name five, we couldn't name six freshmen <laughs> that were heavy contributors to their team. I think that dynamic changes this year. I do believe so. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. And I'll, I'll be honest, uh, you know, Horizon Boy doesn't necessarily have the time or resources to dive into so much of the recruiting that I think the individual fan bases have. That is true. And, you know, um, and of course we're insane. So we do all this stuff. He doesn't have to. He's the numbers guy. He's just here to you gamble. Don't, you don't need to. You're fine. You're, you're good where you are, sir. Maybe I should have mentioned this earlier though. I think a, a key point of horizon boy is okay. So I'm using these metrics, these models, but I also want to compare those with the expertise I've got. Sure. You know, like, you know, Craven will text me like, hey, you know, this guy's got the flu today. Just having that inside source and having fan bases, because sometimes you know your team, you know, you know, so it's kind of that clash between, okay, do, do people know their teams? Like, sure. You know, Matt, exactly. when you're, when you're is, online complaining about Oakland, like, you know, Oakland. So yeah. I like to see that and gain that information and contrast that with other. Which is ironic because when you talk about freshmen, where I would talk about Alec Oglesby from Cleveland State, naturally Matt would talk about Trey Townsend from Oakland. Based on our own personal experiences. That makes sense. Nope, totally get that. And that's what, yeah. So, so that, yeah, that's, I mean, for me, like Davis came out of nowhere last year. I had no idea really who he yeah. was. Um, and I kind of doubted him at the start. I kind of thought it was like a, you know, a hot start, but he really showed up. I'm still doubting him, which is not right, but I, I still just can't wrap my head around this kid that I didn't expect to do anything is doing something, you know? Shame and on me. 
Yeah, I'm still fascinated by the fact he doesn't shoot three-pointers. So, hey, but, you know, it works for him, so there you go. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Horizon Boy, thank you very much once again for joining us. Really appreciate the insight. Tell us everybody. Tell everybody where they can find you online. I'm uh, at Horizon Boy underscore uh, HB, but uh, you'll see me online if you follow the Horizon, hopefully. Uh, I just love uh, chatting with you guys and uh, Twittering with you guys, so thank you very much for having me on. And just remember now, if you have any, if you have any like crazy side uh, side proposals that you're looking, side props that you're looking at, ask him. Yeah, no, I love covering that things. Like, okay, which thing, one thing that I want to investigate that I think is I haven't done this yet. I should have probably in advance of this uh, this podcast. But I want to see which teams did well in their second game of the weekend last year because I really? think that will be exacerbated in terms of. Hey, these are teams that are going to be playing on tired legs. And how did yeah. those teams do when they had that Saturday or Sunday game following a Thursday or a Friday? There you go. All right. Um, so that'll do it. Uh, that'll do it for us as well. Uh, again, HorizonRoundtable.com. You can visit us on our website. You can find our podcast wherever podcasts are available. Be sure to subscribe, of course. And of course, you can pull us up on your Amazon or your Google devices. So go ahead and do that as well. So um, next week we have the student media forum. Don't miss, definitely don't want to miss that. But until then, thank you very much for listening.